0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How about we tip off today's Locked On Kings podcast with an impressive stat. In games decided by just one point this season, the Sacramento Kings are 4-2. and two. They've been learning both on the road and at home how to close out these very tight victories And it's a great thing to see for a squad that is now currently sitting in the seventh seed in the Western Conference. Now, of course, it's December. We're not going to pay too much attention to playoff seating. But this Kings team has been in early playoff contention before. They were there last season and weren't able to get the job done. So you know the players, the coaches, the team as a whole are recognizing the position they're in, how long they still have to go, but are very pleased to be where they're at considering they were 0-5 and at the bottom of the Western Conference just over a month ago. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Kings. This is your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season, all off-season from January through December. We have Kings coverage, conversation, in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts. We have it all for you, all centered around the Sacramento Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last five years. This is my sixth season Covering the team as a reporter, a writer, and a radio voice, but I've been a diehard fan of the Sacramento Kings since the age of six years old. I had the pleasure of growing up with the uh, the glory days in the late '90s, early 2000s here in Sac Town Got me hooked not only to the Kings, but the game of basketball as a whole. And now I've had the uh, the ability to turn that love and that passion for this team and for the sport of basketball into a uh, a sports radio career. And I'm able. Uh, to continue my career here on the Locked On Kings podcast. So those of you who are new, welcome in. Know that I am just like you, although I have uh, some significant access that I'm very proud of and I hope to be able to uh, to share with you and, uh, and bridge the gap between you and the organization in any way that I can. So uh, for those returning listeners as well, thank you so much as always for tuning in. I do not take you for granted. I appreciate you and We're going to have some fun today on this episode of Locked on Kings as the Kings beat the Oklahoma City Thunder last night, 94 to 93. We'll recap that game. Marvin Bagley made his return, so we'll talk about what he did right. The things still he needs to work on pros and cons uh, from his first performance. Also, we'll discuss. Uh, his, uh, his partnership with Nemanja Bielica, his spot in the rotation, and the rotation as a whole once the Kings get fully healthy, the tough decisions that Luke Walton has to make. Spent a lot of time on rotations and where Marvin Bagley would fit, fit on yesterday's podcast with uh, Jay Mars from Sports 1140 KHTK in Sacramento. So uh, if you haven't listened to that, go back and take a listen, although understand it was obviously before last night's game, uh, so we're talking and previewing the uh, the Thunder game at the same time, but go back and listen to that. We had a great conversation uh, in case you are interested, but we'll continue more uh, with the rotation conversation today, and then we'll wrap things up looking at the upcoming schedule for the Kings and how theoretically, on paper, they're in a pretty good position to extend this three-game win streak that they're on into six games, which of course would be their longest streak, both wins and losses of the season, and that would put them over 500 for the first time this year and would certainly help with their current playoff seeding. So let's jump right into things, and we'll start with the 94-93 win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like I said, introing the podcast, Kings are now 4-2 and two in games decided by one point. They won last night against Oklahoma City. Uh, they won earlier in the season against uh, the Boston Celtics. They won by one point here uh, against the Houston Rockets on Bielitsa's game winner, Buzzer Beater, a couple of nights ago. So one-point games have been friendly uh, to the Kings so far, but they certainly had to work for this one last night. It was a dreadful shooting performance, but I give full credit to the Sacramento Kings defense. Here's the reality. Two years ago, three years ago, if the Sacramento Kings are shooting as poorly as they did in last night's game, they're losing by minimum 20 points because they just didn't have the defense to supplement uh, the bad offense and to to carry them through uh, the scoring droughts. And when Buddy Heald's off to a rough start, Bogdan Bogdanovich is off to a rough start, the Kings are having trouble getting past Nerland's Noel and Steven Adams on the inside life can be difficult uh, for a team like the Sacramento Kings who rely so heavily on points scored. And I want to give full credit to the Oklahoma City Thunder because they clearly watched film. They came in with a solid game plan against the Sacramento Kings that was closing out on shooters, forcing shooters like Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich to put the ball on the floor and not get catch-and-shoot opportunities. The Kings also like to run off-ball cuts to the rim. The Oklahoma City Thunder defenders were staying on the hip of cutters, not allowing any kind of entry pass. I thought they did an excellent job handling Harrison Barnes when he tried to post uh, on uh, mismatches, had a couple opportunities to post on Chris Paul and and converted very. Very rarely uh, in those situations where he does have a distinct advantage there. And then, of course, they had one of their bigs, Stephen Adams in particular, who was always circling around the paint and around the rim, ready to cut off. Uh, players attacking the rim and attack in the basket and make their shots a lot more difficult on the inside without fouling too much. So the Oklahoma City Thunder defense I give a whole heck of a lot of credit for. They were solid throughout this entire game, but thanks to the Kings defense, they were never able to create more than 14 points of separation. And 14 points in today's NBA can evaporate pretty quickly, and it did for the Thunder uh, as the Kings. They only outscored the Thunder 25-22 to 22, uh, in the fourth quarter, but the fourth quarter was was really when Buddy Heald and the Kings Shooters came alive. They had an awful game from three-point shooting range before the fourth quarter, but ended up finishing with 10 threes in the game, 10 of 31, 32% from behind the three-point line. Did shoot 44% as a team from the field, but that percentage was in the low to mid-30s through the majority of this contest. Now, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they didn't shoot too well themselves, but they did have a good game from three-point range. They thought shot 39%. 13 for 33, got a good uh, good output from uh, Dennis Schroeder off the bench who finished with a team-high 17 points. He went 3 of 8 from 3. Uh, Danilo Gallinari had a good game from deep, 3 of 9. Uh, and then uh, Nader also had a great game from 3-point range, 5 of 6. So the Oklahoma City's offense relied heavily on... On the long balls, the Kings were so focused on Stephen Adams down low, and Adams had a pretty solid game. The numbers don't jump off the page, but he gives you the same thing on a nightly basis. 12 points, 11 rebounds, also a couple of blocks. He's just such a big body down there that it was tough for Rashawn Holmes, for Nemanja Bialica, for Marvin Bagley, for all the Kings bigs uh, to try and deal with it. The Kings, over the last couple of games, had gone with an eight-man rotation, and Walton extended that to a nine-man rotation with Marvin Bagley's return. Bagley, Ariza, Bogdanovich, and Yogi Farrell were the four to play off the bench. Same starting five for the Kings. Was a rough game for Harrison Barnes. Only five points on two of nine shooting. Really, probably his worst game as a King so far this season. Nemanja Bialica only 10 points, uh, but was pretty solid. 23 points for Buddy Heald. The majority of those points came in the fourth quarter, but he had to take a lot of shots uh, to get those 23. He went 9 of 24 from the field, 5 of 14 from three-point range. He was not afraid to launch them, but they just weren't dropping. Uh, Luke Walton after the game talked about Buddy Heald and and said that they're going to continue uh, to draw up plays for him and get him shots, and every time a shot goes up, Luke Walton thinks it's going in, and he doesn't care uh, how many shots Buddy takes as long as They're good shots, uh, and uh, they have a chance of going in, and and Luke Walton has a lot of faith in Buddy Heald to lead this team, even if he's taking a majority uh, of their shots. Again, we're going to talk about Marvin Bagley more here in this next segment, so I'm kind of glossing over him a little bit. Bogdan Bogdanovich had the shot of the night uh, as Buddy Heald was being double teamed on the perimeter in back-to-back possessions. Bogdan Bogdanovich got some separation, Buddy found him a nice pump fake to shed the defender, let the defender go by and then bogey wide open wing three to give the Kings the one point advantage. And then once again, it would come down to defense and the Kings needed a defensive stop. Q Rashawn Holmes, who not only took on the task of of defending that final possession, he was guarding Chris Paul. And big men typically have a tough time staying in front of and contesting uh, very crafty, smart, high-IQ guards uh, like CP3. But... Chris Paul got a good look, a nice step-back mid-range jumper from just around the free-throw line, but Holmes did everything he needed to do. He contested the shot, forced Paul uh, to fade away and really uh, try and, and shoot it over the length and the uh, the long arms of Rashawn Holmes, and that resulted in the shot being short. Buzzer sounds. Kings get the victory. They're now 11-13 on the season, and they're tied with both the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Phoenix Suns for the seventh spot in the Western Conference, which with that 11-13 and 13 overall record. Very exciting game for the Kings, came down to the finish. You figured at some point Sacramento was going to make a run, but uh, all I have to say here is, Rashawn Holmes is just so freaking good and the Kings need to do everything that they can to try and find a way to keep him around as long as possible. But Rashawn Holmes is also starting to make life maybe a little bit difficult for Luke Walton and his decisions with his rotation. We'll talk about that more here uh, in the next segment here on the Locked on Kings podcast. So Marvin Bagley makes his return, and it's his first game this season inside the Golden One Center in Sacramento. A great ovation for him when he checked into the game. He was actually the first one off the bench for the Kings. Uh, Came in around, or about after five minutes played, around the seventh minute mark uh, in the first quarter, mostly because Rashawn Holmes got in a little bit of early foul trouble uh, guarding Steven Adams. but. Bagley the first off the bench comes in airballs his first shot which you almost expect to happen right he got a, about a a 16 foot mid-range jumper uh from the uh from the side kind of a tough angle over Steven Adams And uh, he maybe grazed the rim, but it wasn't that close. It took him a little while to settle in, although what I did appreciate is right away you could see him pushing the tempo, running the floor. He called for about five alley-oops within the first three or four minutes uh, of him being on the floor. Unfortunately, didn't have enough room uh, to get a lob up for Bagley to throw one down, but Ultimately, a, a solid, a decent game for Marvin Bagley. In 23 minutes, 11 points, 6 rebounds, uh, had a, uh, a block shot as well. Not the best matchup for him. He spent most of his minutes, all but one of his minutes was spent playing the uh, the center position, which I thought was interesting and tells a lot about what the Kings are potentially going to be doing with him going forward. But a tough matchup for him dealing with not just uh, Stephen Adams, but also having to contend with the very game Nerlens Noel, who I really like for the Oklahoma City Thunder. A, a solid bench big, long blocked shots, can score around the rim, a great rebounder as well. Uh, so the Oklahoma City big men were not easy to deal with, and a tough challenge for Marvin Bagley making his return after missing over a month of play. But he said himself after the game, He wasn't too pleased with his performance. He said that he played all right, wasn't his best, but uh, certainly wasn't that bad. He said he was feeling great, still had his thumb wrapped up. I asked him briefly about that kind of just afterwards off the record, and and basically he told me that uh, he just has it wrapped up for for protection. It's his choice, but it's it's not for any kind of medical reason. Uh, The Kings also didn't have him on uh, a minutes restriction at all, which was good, which suggests that he was completely ready to go. And he told the media that he purposely took his time so that he can return and he could play at full strength with no fear of re-injury, with no pain. Uh, So Marvin Bagley, now that he is playing, he is completely 100% healthy, and all he needs to do is get back into the flow of the game and get back into game shape. Now, he was, for the most part, in shape uh, in terms of, of stamina and things like that. But obviously, you have to play NBA minutes uh, in order to get back into the rhythm. Uh, so he's just going to work his way through that. I appreciate the fact that Marvin Bagley did come off the bench. I think that was the absolute right move by Luke Walton. Uh, Jay and I talked a lot about that on yesterday's podcast, and I would expect Marvin Bagley to continue to come off the bench here over the next few games, especially based off of the fact that of how uh, Rashawn Holmes is playing. And now one of the things that I paid a lot of attention to in this game was who who is Marvin Bagley sharing the floor with? And when there was another big in the game with Bagley, it was always Nemanja Bialica. Unless I'm mistaken, Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley did not share the floor at the same time. Typically, they replaced uh, each other. And like I mentioned, Bagley got into the game pretty early because Rashawn got into foul trouble. Uh, we also saw a, a, a couple of lineups and a few minutes of Bagley playing the five with uh, Rashawn Holmes and Harrison, I'm sorry, with um, Trevor Ariza and Harrison Barnes sharing the 3-4 spot uh, when the Kings would go small. So clearly Luke Walton and the Kings don't aren't afraid to play Bagley at that five spot. But I thought to me it was telling that Bagley and Rashawn Holmes didn't share the floor, and that Bagley was replacing Rashawn Holmes, um, because of the issues that we brought up on yesterday's podcast, and I've brought up a number of times here on Locked on Kings, is that when Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley are on the floor together, it presents a pretty significant spacing issue on the offensive end. And when the Kings were struggling as heavily as they were offensively last night, I can understand Luke Walton's decision uh, to not slow that down and maybe clog up the inside even more uh, by playing the two of them together. By partnering Bagley and Holmes uh, with Bielitza, you have that stretch big out there. Uh, so both Holmes and Bagley have the freedom that they want to work around the paint and around the rim uh, and crash boards. And they don't have to just stand uh, on the perimeter. Obviously, Marvin Bagley, a better three-point shooter than Rashawn Holmes is. Bagley only took a, a handful of threes, actually just one three, sorry. He went 0 of 1 uh, from three-point range, so that's something still the Kings are looking for him to add to his game. Uh, but Luke Walton said afterwards that he just wanted Bagley to go out there uh, to have fun, treat it just like another game, try and get back into shape. Uh, Bagley had a couple of nice plays, including a, a putback dunk, had an incredibly impressive Defensive rebound where he went all the way above the rim to snatch it away from Oklahoma City, uh, which was great to see. We know that athletic ability that his he possesses, that second jump ability, which of course he did not lose uh, with a thumb injury. So that was on full display. But basically what we saw from Marvin Bagley is he still has to work on his outside shot. He still has to work on his ability of... of of being better scoring with both hands and using his right hand. He still relies on his left hand pretty heavily, and that resulted uh, in a pretty easy block for uh, Stephen Adams at one point. Bagley had actually beaten Adams in the post to the backboard, but instead of going up with his right hand uh, and uh, finishing off the glass, he switched to his left hand, which gave Adams enough time uh, to pin the ball off of the backboard and, uh, and, and reject the shot. So that's still stuff that he needs to work on. He needs to work on just getting stronger, not backing out of the post uh, so easily. Uh, The mid-range shot was on at times, Uh, looked a little off at other times, sometimes didn't look like he necessarily knew where he was supposed to be uh, on both ends of the floor. So that's just going to take time uh, for him to work his way in. But what was pretty telling to me, and I I 100% agree with the decision, was that Marvin Bagley was not on the floor at the end of the game. It was Rashawn Holmes that was in the game because Rashawn Holmes provides that defensive effort, and of course, Rashawn Holmes was responsible for the Kings getting that defensive stop at the end uh, and winning the game. Rashawn Holmes also had a couple of very impressive tip dunks uh, in the fourth quarter that helped uh, get the Kings' offense going when shots just weren't falling. Uh, He finished with 10 points and 7 rebounds in uh, just under 25 minutes. So, Luke Walton has a very serious decision to make and has to figure out how he is going to incorporate Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes, who both deserve minutes, how he's going to incorporate them into his rotation so that you're maximizing both of their production, giving them the minutes that they deserve, uh, but not hurting your offense, hurting your flow, and and specifically uh, hurting your half-court offensive sets. Um, And so I'm just going to kind of do a little bit of an exercise here off the cusp, and you can do it with me. I was thinking about what this rotation is going to look like when De'Aaron Fox returns and this team is completely healthy. Let's assume that Fox is back, playing at 100%. Everybody's back. I mean, we know when De'Aaron Fox returns, he's not going to be coming off the bench. De'Aaron Fox is going to be starting right away and replacing Corey Joseph. So do the Kings go then to a 10-man rotation? And does that include both Yogi Ferrell and Corey Joseph and Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench, meaning you're going small most of the time? Does that mean Dwayne Dedman's completely out of the rotation? Or do you try and work him back in? Uh, my thought process behind everything is that... Assuming the team is completely healthy, uh, and Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox are both back into game shape, your starting five is probably looking as follows. De'Aaron Fox at the point guard, Buddy Heald at the two, Harrison Barnes at the three, no surprises there. Nemanja Bialica at the four, and... Uh, Marvin Bagley starting at the five. At least that was the decision that I would make if I was uh, Luke Walton, but we'll have to see how they're playing at that time. But uh, if this was a video game and I just had uh, player ratings and 100% healthy, that was the decision that I would make like if this was NBA 2K. Now, Luke Walton then has to decide how he is going to incorporate both Bogdan Bogdanovich and Rashawn Holmes off the bench as both of them arguably could be the sixth man for this team, how many minutes does Rashawn Holmes deserve? Is Rashawn Holmes going to be the guy that always checks in and replaces Marvin Bagley? Or can you find certain situations where Bagley and Holmes could be on the floor at the same time? I would imagine that those would be defensive situations, like towards the end of the game last night, where I also give Luke Walton a lot of credit. He took uh he took. Buddy healed out of the game there in that final possession and brought Corey Joseph in and Trevor Ariza in to get that best defensive lineup he could out there to get that stop, and it ended up working for him. So if you're using a lineup, a big lineup defensively, featuring both Holmes and Marvin Bagley at the 4-5, and five, obviously you're going to want to have Harrison Barnes in there, and I'm guessing Corey Joseph would be in there as well. De'Aaron Fox can be a good guard defender as well, so that's that's. Five guys right there. What happens to Trevor Ariza, who you could make an argument, uh, deserves to be on the floor in those defensive-type situations? It's a good problem to have, to have uh, capable players in certain situations, but guys want minutes. And I have a very, very difficult time believing that the Kings are comfortable and Luke Walton is comfortable with taking significant minutes away from Rashawn Holmes, who arguably has been not only the most improved player, in the NBA this season, but arguably has been the King's best player this year. I mean, consistently he's doing the same thing game in and game out. He's bringing the energy. He's responsible for multiple defensive stops uh, in clutch situations. He grabs rebounds. Uh, He's been solid against bigs. Also a good rotation defender that can handle guarding guards like we saw last night with his stop over Chris Paul. Rashawn Holmes is, as of right now, absolutely an NBA quality starting center. And I've seen this floating around Twitter and I 100% agree with it. Rashawn Holmes is is maybe the best bargain right now in the NBA for what little money the Sacramento Kings are paying him. And remember, they have to keep money on the books for De'Aaron Fox's extension that's coming up, Marvin Bagley's extension that's coming up. Uh, So money might become a pretty interesting thing to pay attention to uh, for the Kings in the years to come. But as of right now, Rashawn Holmes is absolutely the best bargain in the NBA. He has been a home run for the Sacramento Kings. And just because Marvin Bagley is a potential future star and the number two overall pick, that doesn't necessarily mean that he deserves more minutes over Rashawn Holmes. And I like the fact uh, that Holmes still started at center. And I like the fact that Holmes was on the floor uh, towards the end of this game, that the Kings did not uh, sacrifice putting themselves in a best situation to win a game uh, in order to get their uh, their young uh, their young big some more minutes and get him more comfortable and and throw him out there into the fire. So good decisions, bad decisions, tough decisions coming uh for Luke Walton and the Sacramento Kings rotation. It'll be fun to uh, follow and see how it all plays out. So after the Kings debacle in San Antonio, the Sacramento Kings are 3-0, and and all these games have come down to the wire. Bogdan Bogdanovich last night after the game said that it's been fun for this Kings team uh, to get in these consistent Uh, close games and consecutively find ways to close them out. The defensive stop uh, and win holding on to that big lead against the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. Then, of course, the buzzer beater by Bielitsa stealing the win in Houston and then stealing a win against the very game Oklahoma City Thunder at home in Sacramento. It's been an impressive run for this Kings squad. They're now on a three-game win streak, and the next three games, pretty favorable. Now, I'm trying to be careful here. Because I don't like uh, to take a a King squad who hasn't earned the right to be called the better team on a nightly basis and consistently plays down to the level of their opponents. It's hard to say they should absolutely win these games. Uh, So the best thing I'm going to say is they are in a good spot to get a six-game win streak going. On Friday, they take on the New York Knicks, who nearly blew a massive lead to the Golden State Warriors, ended up winning in overtime. Uh, But we've seen the Kings beat the Knicks already in New York, a very beatable Knicks squad that I expect the Kings to have success against. Then, speaking of the Warriors, they'll go on the road, first of a four-game road trip uh, in Golden State in the Chase Center, very winnable game there. The Golden State Warriors are absolutely awful, worst team in the Western Conference. And then they have an opportunity in Charlotte to uh, to avenge that terrible loss in Sacramento. And if they beat the Charlotte Hornets, they will be 5-0 and in rematches against the five teams that gave them that 0-5 start, which would be pretty significant. Three very winnable games uh, coming up that I can honestly say, at least betting wise, the Kings will probably be favored in. They need to do an oppor- or need to take advantage of this opportunity to take in- and to win these games, uh, and that will certainly help them in their current playoff seeding and help them get their mojo back and build a, a long win streak. Also, James Ham, after the game or before the game rather, yesterday had a brief conversation with the Aaron Fox, and I encourage you to read the article and check it out uh, right now. You can find James Ham uh, on Twitter or just Google him, and you'll find all of his work. But he had a brief conversation with De'Aaron Fox, and Fox may be coming back uh, coming back early. Fox told Ham that he's feeling good, he's starting to play three uh, v three scenarios in practice, and that he is hopeful that he might be ready to to go and return for the Kings as soon as a week and a half from last night. So that's pretty significant news if the Kings uh, can. Build a six-game win streak here and then get De'Aaron Fox back in the near future. They are in a great spot to really try and make some noise and make these playoffs a reality here in Sacramento. So. Good opportunity upcoming for this King squad. It's fantastic that they're in this position, based off of how tough of a start uh, they got off to. If you want to respond to anything that we talked about on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast, pr- please do that on Twitter at Matt George KDK. Is how you can reach me. Feel free to tweet me or DM me there. You can also email me at any time mgeorge@sacklocalmedia.com. Send your questions, your comments, your takes your thoughts, anything at all is fair game I would love to hear from you there. Uh, Also, if you have an opportunity to leave a review of this podcast Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts the iTunes Store are the best places to do it but wherever you listen to this podcast if there's a review section, please leave a review it helps us not only attract new listeners, but it lets us know what we can improve on, what we're doing well on, and what uh, this network as a whole uh, can get better at Finally, uh, I haven't mentioned this in a while, we are now accepting local advertisement here uh, on the Locked on Kings podcast. So if you're in the Sacramento or greater Sacramento area and you want to take advantage and get your, your company's message out uh, to the thousands of Locked on Kings podcast listeners, uh, please reach out to me. Different email from the other one. That's mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. mattgeorgesports at gmail.com if you're interested in advertising with Locked on Kings. That does it for today's episode of the podcast. Can't wait to be back with you tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.